0: heuchstam mater per kavin allah ka alaf ein london teira we don't teach terah. Ella, only to Latalmud Hagun, to a talmud who is proper in his eh uh, yera shamayim and who has a beautiful uh, behavior ay latam or somebody who is new untested we don't know where he's holding avim ha'yah be derech leiteiv a bodef student was going in a non good path so maghnisim ay sayle we try to return him to the good way and when higim ay say bedar and we try to influence him to go on the straight path obay kan ay and we examine his actions and then when we see that he's that he's uh, kayli that he's fit to learn tayra bi'araka and after that maghnisim ay sayle bay we allow him to enter the bay samadris umulamdum ay say and we teach him tayra amru kha khawim da khawam fasad anybody who teaches Torah to a student who is not, does not have the proper attitude in and so on it's like he's throwing a stone to an Aved Zorah like it says in Palsik like somebody who wraps up a stone in a slingshot Cain likewise is nice the is someone who gives the Ksil to a foolish person, kaved. Honor, and which, what does honor mean? It says, mm-hmm. Honor does not mean any stom honor. It means Torah. So remember, like it says in Pasek, Wise people that are wise from learning Torah, they will inherit covid, honor. What does that honor mean? The honor means Torah, because that's what they will inherit. A teacher who is not going in the right path, meaning to say he's wise and he knows the Torah and he's a good, effective teacher, but he himself is not going in the right way of Yerush Ramayim. Even though he's a very great scholar, everybody needs to learn from him. They need
1: him.
0: But we will not. We should not be his students and learn from him until he returns to the good and proper path. Like it says in Pesach, <inaudible> the lips of a Kohen of a priest will guard will the, the, the knowledge of Torah. Taira Yevaksham and this person they will seek they will seek out to learn Torah from his mouth. Why? Hashem <inaudible> because he is like a Malach of Hashem. He's a messenger from the Eved somebody who learns Torah and teaches Torah who is going in the proper path. So, Amrach HaChomim, the Chomim said about this <laughs> Pasek, If the Rav resembles a Malach of Hashem, so then, then, Teirah, you should seek from his mouth to learn from him. But if he's not on that level, Al he should not seek to learn Teirah from his mouth. So, here begs the question, two things. A teacher that is not a Shamayim, we can understand why you should not learn from that teacher, because the teacher will teach you in many subtle ways, not just the knowledge, it's not just the subject, Torah is also a way of behavior, it's a way of teaching Torah is also teaching Shamayim. And if the teacher is lacking in these areas, then what is he telling you? What is he teaching you? He's teaching you a cold subject. Not a, uh, a, a way of serving Hashem. So that's why, okay, it makes sense that you shouldn't learn from a teacher who might be wise, but he's not going in the right path. But why is it you shouldn't teach a student who's not yet going in the right path? Maybe you'll teach him, maybe you'll go on the right path. And uh, I guess I could explain this with a little story. As a Bachar Yeshiva, I was learning Hasidus with two individuals who used to come to the shiva from the local university. We had a kviyas and we would learn chassidus. And they were very motivated and very interested. After I learned with them for about a week or two, we discovered that these individuals were very much into this cult of what we call the Munis. A certain uh, cult of uh, far eastern religion. Avaydazara. And then, when we were, when we, when we tried to find out from them, if you're so much into that, why are you interested in learning Hasidis? And their answer was simple: when they learning Hasidis gave them a deeper understanding in their avaydazara. So they were using the learning of Hasidis for an opposite purpose. So we asked the what should we do? And he forbade us from teaching these guys. We had to stop learning wow. with them. The point was that because the learning was being used by them to further the service of a disorder, so the Rav told us, no, we're not allowed to learn with them. That doesn't mean that a person who uh, is not from because he doesn't know, a tinnik shenishba, and you're trying to be mechar of him, you learn with him a little bit, you'll become interested. And learn more, and so on and so forth, as we do all the time. That's obviously not what he means. Halacha base. Kaitzad melamdim. How do we teach? What is the proper way to teach students? Harav Yeshi This the teacher sits up front. Ve'atamidim, and the students Mukafim le'fon of The students are. Seated in front of him in a semi-circle, so that all of them should be able to see the teacher. A crown, a tournament's a crown. and they should all be able to hear his words. And the teacher should not be sitting on a chair, mitalmidav alakarka, and the students sitting on the ground. Hello either all of them should be sitting on the ground or everybody should be sitting on chairs originally it used to be that the teacher would sit and all the students would be standing around the teacher and in the period preceding the destruction of the second base of Mikdash, all had the custom to teach students and they were all sitting. Halacha If the teacher wishes to teach directly to the students, he could teach them in that manner. And if the teacher was teaching with the help of an interpreter, meaning Somebody who would understand the words of the teacher and then explain it to the students in a uh, way which the students could understand it better. So then, hametar <laughs> game The metar game, this person who would rephrase the teachings of the teacher, he would stand between the teacher and the students. game, <laughs> and the teacher would explain the concept to this individual who was a metar game. And the Mittar game, l'chalat ha'midim. Tarim would explain it to all the students. There's differences of opinion. What was the function of this game? Some explain that since the teacher was speaking in and Kadesh and in Bogel the language that was spoken was Aramaic, so it could be the students wouldn't understand. He needed a translator to, to translate his words from Hebrew in, from and Kadesh into uh, Aramaic. And others explained that the Metargim was a person with a very strong voice. So the teacher might have been a person who spoke very quietly. And the Metargim would re-say it loudly so everybody could hear him. And there's a third explanation that the teacher would say things in a way that the, the students might not catch the idea because the teacher was uh, was on a much higher level. Whereas the game, who would understand the words of the teacher, would then restate it, rephrase it, explain it, so that now the, te- the students can understand it. So that was the style, often how the teacher would teach his students with the help of this assistant, who would say it over so that the students could understand what he's saying. And when the students will ask questions... From this person who's the Metargame, the translator. So who So the translator will in turn ask the teacher. And the teacher would answer to this game to the translator. And then the translator will answer to the ones that ask the question. The teacher should not raise his voice louder than the than the voice of the Metargame. And this Matargem, when he's transmitting a question to the teacher, he should not raise his voice louder than the voice of the teacher. The Matargem does not have permission. He's not permitted. Not to, not to say less and not to say more. The is not to change from the words of the teacher. Allah, in other words, his job is to faithfully give over exactly that which the teacher says. Allah, im kein aviv Only if this maturgamon, this translator, he was the father of this wise person who was the teacher, or he was the teacher of the teacher, then. We say that he's allowed. If the teacher says to the the translator, Rabi, this that I'm this that I'm explaining, this is what my teacher t- explained to me. Or so have I learned this is what my father, my teacher, told me. So then Kishamurhamaturgum when the translator says over these words to the students, to the rest of the people, how does he restate this phrase? The teacher said, my teacher said. The teacher says, my father, my teacher said. So how is the Maturgamon going to repeat this phrase? So Aimer, he says, b'shem hachacham, in the name of the wise person who's the teacher. And then, shalavi harav eishal And he'll mention the name of the father of the teacher or the teacher of the teacher. When the teacher himself said it, he says, my father said such and such. When the maturgaman says it, he says that the teacher is saying in the name of his father and he'll say the name of his father, even though the teacher never said it in ex- Actually, did not say the name. The, the maturgaman, even though he's obligated to give over the words of the teacher precisely, ...without adding or subtracting. But here, he will uh, actually change a little bit... ...because he'll say who the, who who's being quoted. So he'll say the name of the person who's being quoted... ...even though the teacher did not mention the name of that Chacham... ...whom he's quoting from. Why would the teacher not say the name of that Chacham? ...for the teacher it's forbidden for him to mention the name of his teacher or the name of his father by, to mention it by name out of respect. But the Maturgamon may say the name of that person who the teacher was talking about. Halacha <speaking in> Harav <Hebrew> the teacher who teaches. And the students did not understand. La <speaking in Hebrew> he should not uh, display anger to them and be upset he should go over and re- and, and learn this matter again even many times until they will understand the depth of this halacha that they are learning the students should not say I understand I understand even when really he does not understand but rather what should the student do Chayzer, you should go back with Sheol and ask, and ask to, to, the teacher to explain it so that he can understand it. Afilu come upon him, even if it's many times. Vim rabbi and if the teacher gets upset with him and expresses anger, yei the student should say to his teacher, Rabbi, this is teyrah, and I have to learn. But I think, sir, my mind is too small to, to grasp. So please explain it again. Halacha, hey, laiya talmud A student should not be embarrassed from his friends. Shalomdu mipam rishena that they understood and they, they understood the lesson from the first time that the teacher explained it or the second time that the teacher explained it, and he did not learn it, he did not understand it, only after the teacher explained it many more times. A student should not be embarrassed from the fact that it's taking him longer to understand this concept, longer than the rest of his friends, his classmates. Because if he'll be embarrassed from this, Nimsa the result will be He'll enter the, and he'll leave the base to the hall of learning, but who ain't and he'll go out without learning anything because he'll be embarrassed to uh, to say to the teacher, explain it to me so, again so I can understand. Therefore, the early chachamim taught us and they said, Someone who's too embarrassed will not learn because he's going to leave without understanding instead of saying to the teacher, please explain it again. And a teacher who is short-tempered will not be a good teacher. When are these words said that the teacher should not be upset with the students? When it's a case where the students did not understand him, did not understand the matter that he's explaining, play because it's very deep. It's a profound concept and the te- and the students didn't grasp it because it's hard to grasp. I because or because of the level of the students that their mind is not strong enough to to understand this concept right away. But if it's obvious to the teacher, that they are being too relaxed, they're too being too lazy with applying themselves to understand the words of the Torah. And they are too easy with themselves. They're not applying themselves with the full energy. And that's why they don't understand. So, When do we say that the teacher should not express uh, anger or impatience with the students? is only in the case where he's a, it's, it's something that the students are trying and they just don't get it yet. But if he realizes that the students are not applying themselves with the full energy that's necessary, and that's why they don't understand, so then we say, <laughs> The teacher is obligated to uh, express anger to them, <laughs> and to uh, shame them with words, to admonish them, in <laughs> order to sharpen them, in order to get them to apply themselves properly, and in this matter, the chacham said, Cast fear in your students, sharp words that will keep them on the
1: ball.
0: Therefore, it's not proper for the for the teacher to behave himself in a light headed way in a relaxed way in front of the students. Not to amuse himself in front of them. And not to eat and drink with them in a casual way so that they'll feel that he's like equal to them and he's a friend and he's not a teacher that's on a higher level. Why should you not do these things? That your fear should be on them and, and that will allow them to learn from the teacher quickly. If it's too relaxed, then their minds are not sharp and they're not aroused to, to pick up everything quickly. You don't ask questions from the teacher because he the when he first enters the Beis HaMadrish. Until he has a chance to get his mind focused when the teacher first comes in, his mind has to open up and has to get up to speed. So you don't ask the teacher the first moment he runs in, he comes into the base Beis kishikanes, and the student himself should not ask until when he enters the Beis HaMedash, until he himself settles down and has a chance to focus. And you don't have two people asking questions at the same time and you don't ask the teacher questions that are on a different subject from what they're learning but only from that subject that they're involved with why? not to embarrass him if you're going to ask him questions that his mind is not involved in he might not know the answer and you'll just end up embarrassing him because he won't have the answer right away what to tell you the Rav, the teacher, may uh, trick the students with his questions, and with actions that he does in front of them, in order to see if they'll catch him. in order to sharpen their minds. In other words, the teacher might sometimes say something that's incorrect, and then see if any of the students catches him on his mistake. And to see if they're on the ball, if they're paying good attention. In order for the, and also, in order for the teacher to know if the students remember that which he taught them. They don't remember. Needless to say, that the teacher may ask the students on a different subject that they're not involved in at this moment in order to urge them on in order to uh, improve their learning even though the students may not ask the teacher on a subject that they're not learning now but the the, the opposite the teacher may ask the students on subjects that they're not involved in because this will uh, sharpen the students' minds this will allow the students to learn better Halacha Zayin Ain't shailam umud. You should not ask your question while you're standing. Ain't meshivan umud. The question should not be answered while you're standing. The reason is because to have your mind properly focused and thinking properly in the subject, you have to be relaxed and you should be sitting. That's an exception. That's correct, but that's an exception. A person to succeed, there are rules that you follow. There are times when the rules can be bent, certain types of rules, because there are exceptions to these rules, but this is the general rule. The general rule is you shouldn't ask questions while you're standing and try to hear your answers while you're standing because that your mind should be able to work at maximum capacity. You have to be sitting down and relaxed. (inaudible) V'leyi gavaya, not from a higher level. V'leyi Rachik, not from far away. Not from behind this Kenim that are the, the elders that you're asking questions from. And we don't ask questions from the teacher, but only on the subject matter that we're, that we're now involved in reading. And we only ask questions out of a state of respect, out of a state of. Yira means fear, but it doesn't mean actual fright. Yira means from a state of, of deep respect. You don't ask questions in a way as, how can you say that? Doesn't it in a way of challenge uh, where you want to show that you're even smarter. That's not the kind of questions that will allow you to acquire knowledge. But you have to ask your questions with deep respect. And a person should only ask on this subject, not more than three halakhis. It gets too burdensome on everybody if one person keeps on asking. Ches. Shnaim shashalu. Two students that asked the question. Shal echad ka'inyin. V'shal echad shlaik ka'inyin. One student had gefrek tzimzach. And the second one had gefrek nish tzimzach. In other words... One person asked the questions that's to the point of what they're learning, and another one asked the questions that's not to the point. So what should the teacher do? Whom should he answer? Nizkakin the teacher should focus on that question that was asked to the point of what they were learning. Ma'isa, Ma'isa, if two questions were asked, one which is, invo- one which is about what should, what should be done, it's not theoretical, but it's a practical question. And the other one asked a question which is not a ma'isa. It's not a practical question. So, the teacher should focus on the question that has uh, uh, ramifications in actual uh, deed. Halacha medrash, if the one question was about halacha, and the other question was about medrash, which, uh, which is part of Torah, but it's not halacha lamaisa, so the teacher should focus on that question that's connected to halacha. Medrash v'agadah. If there, one was connected with medrash and one connected with agada, what are the differences between medrash and agada? He goes through all the different types of, of learning, which type of learning takes precedence over the other. And in general, uh, the rule is that the more it's connected with my b'peil, the more that it's connected with actual deed, that one gets precedence over the one before it. So the rule is, if one person is asking about something that can be applied to an action, so then and the other one is more abstract, so we'll we'll focus on that subject which is connected to action. If somebody asks a question that's halacha and medrash, actual law or medrash which is a discussion of the pesukim of the Torah so we give our focus on that which is connected to the halacha now if one question is about uh, a medrash which is discussions about the pesukim of the Torah and the other one is asking about agadah which agadah is more, um, more esoteric more uh, removed from actual maizub pale. so we stick to the medrash the discussion of the pesukim of the Torah, and if it's a choice between Agada and Kal V'Chemer, Agada refers, like we just said, to discussions of the Torah which are more enrochnias, the more esoteric, and Kal are from the the thirteen midos that we use to derive halachis from the Torah. So then we'll we'll stick to the Kal V'Chemer. Kal V'Chemer, these are two methods of the thirteen middays that we derive from the Torah halacha, but Kalvachemer is more direct. So, if it's a discussion of Kalvachemer or Shava, we'll focus on the Kalvachemer. If the two ones that, the two people that were asking, echad chacham, echad Talmid, one was a a, a a sage, a scholar, and the other one was a student on a lower level. In other words, is kokim so, the, the teacher will first focus on the question of the chacham, of the scholar. If the two were a Talmud and a a student, and the other one was a, a, a non learned individual, so nizkakim la Talmud, the teacher will focus first on the Talmud who's learning. Shneim chacham, if they are both equal, they are both scholars, or they are both Talmudim, they are both students, or they're both unlearned people, shalu shneim, alachas, or Two questions were asked. Both questions were in halacha, or both questions were tshuves, were in, re- in response to something that the teacher said. Aybishtai shaylais are on two questions. Shnei maisim are two actions. So, there, in other words, the, there are two questions being presented to the teacher, and they were equal in every way. Which one should the teacher give preference to? At this point, the the game, the interpreter who is between the teacher and the students, has the permission to take whichever one he wants. Ain Yishenim Medrash. You should not sleep in the madrish, in the hall of learning. Bechol Hamisnamdeh Bevesa Medrash. Anybody who dozes off in the hall of learning in the Bevesa Medrash, Chachmas Einas is His wisdom becomes torn into little pieces. Can you imagine you're learning something and then you drop out? And then you learn some more, and then you drop out. It's like little chunks. And they're not connected. To understand what you're learning, you have to ha- be able to tie all these pieces together. And if a person's attention is uh, faltering, it's going in and out, so then his wisdom will be little, tar- little like little torn pieces. Shlaimim B'chachmasin So Shlaimim said in his great wisdom, Ukroim Talbish Numa. Numa means sleep, falling asleep. Ukroim... And torn pieces, Talbush will enclose Numa, somebody who's dropping off to sleep. The Torah that you learn will be like torn clothing. vain mesichim v'baisa medrash, you should not talk in a b'baisa medrash. El lo b'divrei t'erah b'lvad, only in words of t'erah. Afilu misen nisatesh, even somebody who sneezes, ain't emim lo, we don't take tim rifuah zum gazunt, in a b'baisa medrash. And needless to say, are there other things we don't say, we don't talk in a base meddish. The holiness of a base meddish, where people are sitting and learning, is even stricter than the holiness of a base kinesis.